0: I appreciate Todd inviting you to the VBS this summer. Yeah, he's right. Don't just uh, don't miss out. Don't uh, just bring kids and then go somewhere else. This is going to be the hot summer event. In fact, I think today in children's worship, they're introducing one of the new characters that's going to be a part of this. Uh, I'm telling you, there's a, there's a more involved narrative here than there are with summer superhero movies. Uh, and and you'll, get, you'll get the autographs of all the stars of this event uh, Except for the Satan puppet. You, don't get his, you do not get his autograph. You don't want his autograph. But we're also going to have food trucks. Now, how about that? So you can get Fat Man's Barbecue. You can get his uh, autograph. So sign up and do sign those kids up. And I want to tell you this. If you know of children, grandkids, nieces, nephews, however it is, just whatever connection, whatever influence you have, find a way to. To make that happen I'm preaching here today Todd asked a question Who would we be without Christ I, I, I have a pretty good idea Of what my life would be like Without Christ And it wouldn't be good And the reason why I know Christ Is because People worked Thinking that it was worth it To tell a kid about the gospel Would you pray with me Father, we ask that you would help us to uh, walk the walk, talk the walk, talk. And that we would repeat this, that over and over again we um, we would see the importance of living out this gospel. And Lord, help us to know this gospel. And that in knowing this good news, we are so compelled to share it with others. I pray that we will see others with the value that you see them and teach us, Lord, to never forget this gospel and to remember what you have done for us and what you are continuing to do for us through your Son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. You know, you can, you can go to uh, more than just Deuteronomy 6 to talk about the uh, importance of walk and talk and repeat. So with a little bit of editing, we're going to jump over to Deuteronomy 8, and I want you to hear the whole of this chapter. If you want to read along, it's from the New Living Translation, or it'll be on the screen. You can read along, or you can just listen. Hear the word of the Lord from Deuteronomy 8. Moses is speaking to the children of Israel, and he says, Be careful to obey all the commands I'm giving you today. Then you will live and multiply, and you will enter and occupy the land that the Lord swore to give your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey His commands. Yes, He humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you or your ancestors he did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone rather we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord for all these forty years your clothes didn't wear out your feet didn't blister or swell think about it just as a parent disciplines a child the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good so obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways And fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water, with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and hills. It is a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It's a land where iron is as common as stone and copper is abundant in the hills. And when you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. But that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees. These that I am giving you today. For when you've become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that He led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions, where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water to drink from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. He did all this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant that He confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. But I assure you of this. If you ever forget the Lord your God and you start following other gods, worshiping and bowing down to them, you will certainly be destroyed. The difference between Veterans Day and Memorial Day might be summed up like this. Veterans Day is the day when we thank all the men and women who've served our country in the military. Memorial Day is the day that we remember those that were unable to thank because they gave the full sacrifice in that service. Before 1971, the intent of Memorial Day was not to provide a three-day weekend for government workers, but neither was the intent of Memorial Day ever to create one day of collective guilt that some died and the rest of us get to go to the lake and have barbecues. The intent of Memorial Day has been the same of every memorial throughout time. To remember and not forget. The intent and the the reason behind that makes, makes sense when you think about it. That when we as a people, when any group of people, when we as individuals, when we remember important things and significant events, we become a better people. That by remembering these things, it impacts us and we change our ways we grow we look at things differently and we become a better people that's the intent behind these instructions and commands that moses is giving to the israelites and by extension that is the intent of the word of god that is preached to us today and that comes to us the good news That we remember. For for Israel, they remembered the exodus, and we might as well remember that too. But for us, the event of change, the event that leads us out of captivity, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That death is no longer the end. And when we remember this, when we remember how God cared for us, how God led us, And by the way, generations of Israelites remembered the Exodus, and they had no more connection to it than you and I do. But through that story, the story that we tell, the story that we sang about today, the story of how Jesus Christ came to reveal God to us, to show us how much God loves the world, that he was not willing to hold on to his life or his privilege in heaven. But he would give it up willingly to obey the Father. And it has created a new option. Just like that manna, which is some sort of magnificent bread from the sky that nobody knew anything about. A wondrous act of God. The resurrection is likewise this wondrous event that happens which changes everything. It creates a new category that we didn't have before. Hope. Even after death. So when we remember how God has led us and cared for us, even through our wilderness, we become better people. When we remember that God is the one who keeps his covenant, then we become better people. You know, if you go through your day and you think about all the ways that God keeps His covenant, and if you keep that before you, it's going to help you make decisions. That when you face temptations or when you face um, worries and anxieties, if you remember that God is a God that keeps His promises, that's going to keep you on the right path. Try it. Just try it. Um, This is why Jesus, by the way, uses this very text. When he is up against the temptation of the accuser, and Satan would have him believe that it is not that bad of a thing to use his own ability to provide food for himself, rather than trust in a Creator who might draw Him out into the wilderness. Jesus responds with these words, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Have you ever thought about that? Connecting that to Deuteronomy 8 and how it's important to remember these stories? This isn't just some flowery, wonderful little shakespearean quote that jesus throws off on the devil because they're in the middle of some morality play man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds that's not what he's doing he is speaking to himself as much as he's speaking to the accuser to say you want me to use power that God has entrusted to me to serve myself, and you would have me convinced that that power is mine. But just as Moses told the people of God centuries ago, we will trust in God's covenant promises over our own ability to provide for ourselves. Well, what would that look like, church, if we all started living that way? What would that look like? It might mean that we would, have some, we would have some tense moments. I mean, we would be hungry out in the wilderness maybe at times. We would really have to, to, you know, to cinch up our trust in God. But think of the victory. Think of how it might make us a people who learn that it's better to trust in God's covenant promises and His care than our own ability to provide for ourselves remembering and by the way we can even be tempted to provide for ourselves and provide for our church but we are relying on our own powers and abilities rather than what god promises remembering makes us a better people and on the other hand forgetting well that leads us to destruction forgetting you read through deuteronomy 8 forgetting leads us to pride and arrogance he said, when you've built your fine houses and when you have your amazing crops and when you have created industry and when you have uh, supplied yourself with all the good and the riches in the land that God gave you as a gift, he said, now that's the time to be careful. Isn't that interesting? You would think, by our logic, that going through the wilderness is the time to be careful. In fact, that's when we tell one another to be careful. I'm going to go to this other country and I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to go downtown and share the gospel with people who don't know it. I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to to risk my future. I'm going to risk a a, a good-paying job. I'm I'm going to risk for the sake of Christ. And we tell people, well, okay, but be careful. Moses says you're out there in the wilderness with all those scorpions and snakes that's all right god's got you he'll take care of you you're not gonna to have to worry about anything you're not even gonna to have to worry about patching your jeans you're not gonna to have to worry he put dr shoals out of business their feet don't even swell walking around out there in the wilderness wow he says the time to be careful is when you have a when you have climbed to the top of the ladder of success Wow, we're doing well. We're pretty comfortable. Gosh, we're blessed. Thank you, God. Be careful. Because that's the time when you can be tempted by pride and arrogance and begin to trust in your own ability. Forgetting makes us reliant on worldly wisdom. And and, and the, and the way that that happens is so devious What happens is we begin to see worldly wisdom and power and security as God's mechanism for us to do well. And we begin trusting in that. And we begin to think that that is how we honor God. Now think of the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. He wasn't tempted exactly like you and I I know there's the pride of the eyes the lust of the flesh and the lust of the pride of life or whatever it is I always get those three mixed up with sex drugs and rock and roll I don't know but he's not tempted in that same way just to make my point when is the last time you were tempted to make a rock into a hot roll now some of you have turned hot rolls into rocks but you weren't tempted to do that. I know I certainly do. But when is the last time you were tempted to jump off of a building and have angels lift you up? Can't say I've ever been there. I'm just looking for the elevator to get down. You see, what Jesus is being tempted with is he's being tempted to use his strengths his abilities, his God-given gifts. He's being tempted to use those in his own name and being tempted to use those in his own definition of what the kingdom of God ought to be. And that's what's so devious about this temptation. And when we find ourselves wanting to make a name for us or even the church more than we are thinking about making a name for christ we need to hear moses say be careful because it is not our mission on earth to glorify the church god will glorify and sanctify his church we are called to glorify and praise our creator we can't forget that because if we forget it, then we start moving towards a kind of a self-righteousness. Where the only gospel that we preach is the gospel that, look at us, we got it right. Or the gospel that we preach is the gospel that says, hey, follow us. Why? Because we need you to like us. We need you to be people who, who join us. Why? Because, well, we like it when we have a lot of people that we count. And, and we're doing the best stuff. And we want you to come with us. And we want you to be a part of what we're doing. Why? Well, because we need that. Because then you're good people. And we're not calling people to Christ. We're calling people to us. Don't forget this. Don't forget this. Call people to Christ. Let them follow Christ. What does it matter what they think or do with us? Paul had that kind of humble spirit when he was writing his letter to the Corinthians. And he said, you know, he said, I I don't remember baptizing many of you. Baptism isn't a notch in his belt, is what he was saying. He's saying, I I can't remember how many of you I baptized. He said, I I remember baptizing Crispus and Gaius. And who's going to forget two guys named Crispus and Gaius? You're not going to forget that. But the point there is is that Paul doesn't think that that's what's important. What is important is that he preached Christ. He called people Christ. Christ, And if he did call people to himself, he called them to follow him as he followed Christ. It was not self-righteousness. All of this forgetting will lead to destruction. We shouldn't hear in this God being so petty that if we forget, he's going to cry like a jilted lover who says, you forgot my birthday or you forgot my anniversary and now I'm going to make life hard on you. This is a God who cares for us and keeps His covenant even when we are unfaithful. And what He's saying is, if you forget and you become the kind of people who are prideful and arrogant and you trust in your own worldly wisdom or your own power, your own righteousness, no matter how good it may look, if that is the kind of people you become, it will lead to your destruction. It will harm you, and it will harm Others, be careful. So to apply this to what we've said about raising children, and that comes back to the kind of people we're going to be, let's leave on this question. What are we teaching the next generation? When I say our children, I don't just mean your biological children. I'm talking about all children. I'm talking about our children, whether it's by blood or whether it's by the blood of Christ. We started out this series saying that all of us teach children. You don't get a, you don't, that's not an option. We all teach children by the way we act, by the way we behave, by the things that we say, by the things that we do, and we can teach lessons for good or for ill. But let's say that we've all chosen to teach the good lessons. Are we teaching them then to remember, or are we teaching them to forget? Well, what does that mean? Well, when we tell our story, when we tell our story, and, and, and that can be God's story, because our story can be the story of how God led us and cared for us and blessed us and how God corrected us even, how God changed us. When we tell that story, are we telling it to children we're we telling it to the younger generations because we insist that they show us gratitude? after all we've done for them after all we've done for this next generation they don't even affirm the things that we did we want them to affirm our ways we want them to follow our customs and traditions we want them to be a part of our events or do we want them to simply be faithful to jesus christ do we need to be affirmed Think about it. Why do we need the affirmation of generations older or younger than us if we have the affirmation of our Creator? Jesus Christ has already shown us how valuable we are to Him. Why do you need anybody else's opinion? I mean, it, it just it just boggles my mind sometimes when we just when we get all bent out of shape over someone who who rejects us or or thinks poorly of us or somebody who you know they ah oh, well I don't like those people hey that's fine they're entitled to their opinion so what I know what God thinks about us I hope they'd give us the chance to prove differently. The difference between character and reputation. Remember this is that character is who you are before God. Reputation is what others think about you. Jesus had God-like character, but he couldn't, even he couldn't control his reputation. People said the worst things about him. They crucified him because they lied about him. They gave him a bad reputation. It would be nice if he had a good reputation, but thank God he had the kind of character that was rooted in his identity as the Son of God. And you and I can have that same identity too. What, what are our hopes and dreams for the future of the next generation? When we envision the future for our young people, when we envision the future for young generations, do we coach them to be prepared by giving them instructions to pursue wealth and power and control and admiration? Do we teach them that it's important to, what other people think about them? Do we teach them, hey, it's not what you know, it's who you know, meaning you've got to know all the right people? Or do we want to teach them, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Do you know Jesus Christ? Boy, that can be such a subtle thing. Because we can write a script for the future that puts a burden on children, that makes them think that unless they succeed, unless they do things a particular way, then they've failed. We have to just take a moment as parents and as grandparents and as mentors to young people to say the thing that we want most for our children is that no matter what happens to them in life, we want them to be faithful to Jesus Christ. And if that is the case, then we will welcome them as brothers and sisters in Christ. Simple as that. But what are our hopes and dreams? And what story of success are we sharing? Are we sharing the story... That by our own hands and by your own hands, we have acquired this wealth for ourselves? Or can we tell the story of how much God has cared for us and how much God has changed us? Do we share stories of God working among us? Or do we tell stories of what all we've done? Do we give them stories of a God who continues to live and work and change us or do we tell them stories of a once great generation long gone that did everything right and none of us will ever live up to that do we give them the good news about the future that the future always the future always is a gift from God in our own lives and in eternity there's a lot of things that we do with this moment here at the end of the sermon Maybe it's your choice to be baptized. Maybe it's your choice to seek encouragement. Maybe you need encouragement to remember. Maybe um, you need encouragement not to forget. Um, You can come forward. There'll be shepherds here. There'll be shepherds in room 100. Or as some of us were talking about today, don't let this day go by without finding one or two others, your close friends, and create a place of covenant with them and say listen we need to pray for one another and we need to always remember what God has done and not forget there's so many options but if God's moving you to act just don't ignore it and let it go will you stand up let's sing this song and encourage one another now